the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the beasts of the forest bare. His temple, everyone does shout glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people, the Lord will bless his people with peace. I'll read verse 9 again. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the beasts of the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone does shout glory and in his temple everyone shouts glory and in his temple everyone shouts glory we are in the temple of the living god and i realize how important it is for us to respond to the Lord and he says the best response to give in his temple is to shout glory now before we sit and before we get into the world let me go to put on your Bibles I want you to find your shout all right not the shout of the church not the shout of the person sitting next to you, your shout, all right? Find it, and when you find your shout, as loud as you can, I want you to cry glory, glory, glory. Don't stop until that shout in your spirit subsides, all right? In his temple, everyone does shout glory in response to the voice of the Lord. So we are going to respond to the voice of the Lord, to the word of the Lord in this conference by shouting glory. Doesn't have to be at the same time your own glory unto the Lord. Alright?
voice is causing things to shake. Your voice is causing things to give birth. Your voice is framing our aeons. Your voice is correcting our destiny. We cannot but shout Majestic Lord, men so itrata so shadamai. It is you that have ordained this conference. It is you that has gathered us here to speak your Rema word. Your word that frames our future and destiny, setting us on call. Preparing us for a display and a manifestation of the glory of the kingdom, of the power of the kingdom, of the wealth and majestic honor that comes with it. You are stretching your left and right hand over our lives at this moment. Bringing to pass within us generation of blessings, generation of grace. You are establishing in us your counsel. The mountains and the walls that face us are shaking. They are quaking. For has it not been said that once again I shall shake not only the things in heaven but on earth too. And everything that shall not remain shall be removed. And Father, you are doing this work even in our lives now. Destroying false foundations. Destroying foreign entities and strongholds in our lives. The things that has kept us bound and prohibiting us from accessing the best of God. The best in God. And yes, by your power, by your Holy Spirit, you are launching us, oh God advancing us into the reality of the kingdom of almighty God walking in the reality and power of that kingdom oh you said that the kingdom of God is not in word only but in the demonstration of power the demonstration of the spirit we invoke the demonstrations of the spirit in this place here tonight mighty signs and wonders workings of the holy spirit let the gift of miracles begin to be activated in this place here right now let the workings of miracles the energizing of the supernatural influence of god begin to take place now Crooked paths be made straight in the name of Jesus. 
disjointed parts be aligned in the name of Jesus. Corrupted destinies in the name of Jesus be cleansed. Oh, we speak even of God to bloodlines. We redeem our bloodlines in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where the spirit of poverty has been orchestrating and maneuvering and manipulating in our bloodlines in this conference by the word and power of the spirit, we renounce every satanic work, every satanic agenda in our bloodline. Oh, we renounce, oh God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We cleanse, oh God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Those things in our aeons that have been misaligned to your purposes, misaligned to your word. Father, we receive forgiveness for the iniquity and sins of our ancestors, our forefathers, and those of God that have incurred judgment through the things enacted upon altars of decades and generations ago. Oh, there is a change tonight. The strong man shall be bound. The strong man in our life shall be bound. The strong man in our destinies and ministries, in our households, shall be found. Oh, my, 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 my. For I am full of the Spirit of the Lord in power and judgment. The voice of the Lord is mighty. The voice of the Lord thunders. The voice of the Lord quakes. The mountains of Jerusalem. Hyundai Shabala Santa. We are clearing the way, clearing the paths. Fallen leaves of God are being removed. Dead leaves. <laughs> we enter into the prophetic dimension of the Spirit and begin right now to exercise the authority granted us by the Holy Ghost. Kingdom authority. For you have said that you will give us the keys of the kingdom. Right now, we use those keys in the spirit. We exercise the seven keys of the kingdom right now. In the name of Jesus. You are bringing to naught the things that are by that which is unseen. Aliyah, thank you for the angels in this place tonight that are ready to minister unto the generations that are in this place. 
Manilos hei paradas kantais abrata kushalabadis. A spectacle of the spirit. A spectacle of the spirit awaits you. A spectacle of the spirit is upon you. A mighty spectacle of the Holy Ghost is upon you. Oh! With the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed by the devil. My God! Something is breaking in this place. The spell breaker is in the room. The chain breaker is in the room. The mountain destroyer, wall destroyer is in the room. Jehovah is in this place. The ships of Tashish are coming in. We buy gold from Jesus. Purified gold. <laughs> yeah. Transactions are taking place in the spirit of the Lord. You are coming into your ordination. Oh, the yoke shall be destroyed. Burdens removed because of the anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit is in this place. The yoke destroying anointing. The burden removing anointing. The shame removing anointing is in this place. Ah. 
business with you tonight. Hallelujah. 
There's an anointing in this place. Hmm. There's an anointing. I feel it. refers to as the worlds. What that is, is the sequence through which events or circumstances are structured. It is, it is what the Bible refers to as the administration of the times. In other words, what God had determined to take place within a specific time, within a period of time. That's what Aeon is. It is the skeletal structure, the framework through which things take place. And the Bible says that God framed those Aeons through His Word. Throughout this conference, what we 
were endeavoring to achieve was to unmask, expose, and confront the strong man that has been responsible for dwarfing the potentials and hindering access into the inheritance of God and God's people. If you were here last night, I'm pretty sure you sensed that the atmosphere was different. There almost was like a tension that was in this place. It is because the strong man was found out. See, last night and Tuesday, we were not only <coughs> preaching to you, but we were presenting the sword of the spirit to the spirit of poverty. The purpose of this conference is to utterly annihilate the operation of the spirit of poverty in the lives of God's people. Last night we reached a point where that spirit not only was present, but the nakedness of that spirit was laid bare. If you were alert or sensitive enough, you would have felt that tension. You would have felt that tension. It is because of the engaging that was taking place in the spirit. God is going to do something tonight, brothers and sisters. I speak to you in the capacity of the office that God has established me in. God is going to do something tremendous in your life tonight. The Spirit of God is releasing something dangerous into your life. There is an anointing in this place. Spells will be broken. Hexes will be broken. Yokes will be broken. Burdens will be broken. I am telling you, I am telling you, there is an anointing in this place. There is an anointing to liberate you into uncharted wealth. Uncharted paths. You know, during our prayer reading, something happened there that I couldn't wrap my, my mind around because as we were praying around four hours into the prayer, I begin to pray out certain words in English. And I could not understand what they meant or the reason behind those words. I kept saying generational grace, generational grace, 
generational grace. The word, those words sort of leap out of my spirit. And I kept saying generational grace, generational grace. Now I did not know what that meant, but I, the more I said it, the more the unction of the spirit of God increased. Then I just continued saying those words, saying those words over and over and over and over and over again. This morning, when I woke up, the Spirit of God pressed me just to pray and I just started praying. I was actually meditating and the Spirit of God said, pray. And I started praying. And I started praying. As I was praying, the Lord said, Use the words that I gave you to establish my purpose. And I said what the Spirit of God meant by that. And then the Spirit of God reminded me of those words that I prayed in the prayer reading. And I started to look into them. And the message that I'm about to share with you tonight came about and the Lord told me that there is going to be an overnight change Hallelujah. an overnight change dangerous testimonies will come from you. Listen to me. Listen to me. When you have learned how to chat or how to open a path in the spirit, that path can never be closed. And that's what we've been doing in these last couple of years. We've been chatting a path in the spirit. That path, I can assure you tonight, Last night was broken open. There is a direct line, there is a direct path between your life and the treasuries of God. That path has been opened because that which stands in the path, that which stands at the doors, that which stands at the gates to hinder God's people from progressing has been dealt with. You probably maybe wondered why did we have to speak or did we have to touch on what we have been touching on these last two days. I myself wonder that there was a reason behind it. There was a reason behind it. Babylon is falling. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
Just, 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 just speak in tongues for one minute, please. what that means. Chapter 8 verse 18. Deuteronomy. And you shall remember the Lord your God. No wait for everybody to be there. shall remember the Lord your God for it is he it is he who gives you power ability to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he saw to your father as it is this day. Now you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. The power to get wealth comes from God and I told you that wealth is much more than money. That wealth encompasses the scope beyond the currency. It is beyond that. It is the force that God attaches to a man. It is the aid, the spiritual force, spiritual power that the Lord attaches and grants to a man that enables him to function and operate in this world independent from the systems that are already present. So he's telling the people of God that he, he is the one that is responsible for giving you the power to get it. Where is it? Where is the wealth that he's giving them the power to get? Where is the wealth? Because they said, he said, to get it, to get it from where? There is more wealth that even this world has not yet tapped into. The Bible talks about the hidden riches of darkness. The hidden treasures of darkness. And God is saying, I am giving you the power to get wealth. 
the power to get well. And you must understand the agency with which this was communicated to God's people because of what God was looking at. There was a reason why God wanted wealth to be in the hands of his people. And he was telling them that the reason why I want you to have wealth, to be wealthy, is much more than you living in palatial homes, much more than you driving nice cars, or much more than you living a life of freedom. But there is something deeper. There is something eternal, something ancient that the Lord was looking to establish on earth through the wealth which he would give his people the power to acquire. So he tells them, it is I that is giving you this wealth for a purpose, for a reason. He says that I may establish the covenant which I saw, I promise unto your fathers. You can lift it up for me a little bit. So he tells them that the reason I'm going to give you power, I am going to give you ability to acquire wealth, is so that I, I through the wealth you will possess, may establish the covenant that I saw to your fathers. So the purpose for wealth is to establish covenant. God is so serious about establishing covenant that he would give an entire nation of people wealth. Because God understands the laws of this earth. Because he has set them. So he says, I am giving you wealth. I am giving you the power to acquire wealth. You see, the power to get wealth is not necessarily a, 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 a one that lies in your gifting or your creativity. No, it is something spiritual. It is a power that comes from God that attracts with it every single thing that is consistent with what wealth is. Riches included. Prosperity included. So he says, I'm giving you power to get well. That I may establish my covenant. So the reason why every child of God should be wealthy, should be prosperous, should be powerful, should be affluent and influential is for the purpose that God established your wealth in the first place. So every child of God today, every believer in Jesus Christ today is potentially a steward of the wealth of the kingdom. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom and I will give you the keys of the kingdom i will i will give you i will entrust bestow upon you the keys of the house of david that is the authority over nations the authority to govern over nations ask of me and i shall give you the nations as your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth as thy possessions so I want you wealthy, I want you prosperous, but don't think it's just so that you can look nice and look good and feel rich. No, there is an eternal agenda backed up 
to wealth. That is why Satan is fighting tooth and nail. He will not fight you in your prayer life as he will fight you in ascending the ranks of wealth. He will not fight you in your spiritual walk, in your Christianity as he would fight you in the acquisition of wealth and prosperity because he knows that you may pray, but if you are poor, you, you, you are a short-handed vessel in the kingdom of God. Your influence for God cannot be felt even though all the wisdom and spiritual powers of God can be invested in you. So he doesn't stop you in gifting. He doesn't stop you in anointing. He stops you in the expression of that gift. He stops you in the expression of that anointing because your, your wealth gives volume, gives power, gives voice to your prayers. So he says, I will give you power to get wealth. I will give you power that I may establish my covenant. It is an eternal thing. It is a generational thing. For God to continue what he started in Abraham, wealth must be the major component that is involved in the administration and the establishment of his purpose. Zechariah chapter 1 verse 19 and my city shall spread abroad through prosperity. Prosperity is the wings by which God carries his message from corner to corner in the earth. And not only that, it is, it is the medium through which he crystallizes his plan. You don't see God's plan until you see prosperity. Tell my people to give up their gold to give of their silver and all of their wealth that they might build me a sanctuary that I may put my name there. God wants to be seen. He likes to be seen. And it is wealth that materializes God. So the reason Christianity does not have the footing, the power, the influence and the relevance it should have in the earth is because the strong man has stood as a wall between the treasures that belongs to us, the inheritance that belongs to us by finding legal ground to hinder us. So we end up recluding to our spirituality because we cannot uncover our inheritance, lay claim to our inheritance. Tonight, I am going to share with you something that is going to change your life forever. I told you, the only way to destroy the stronghold of Babylon in our lives is not through prayer, is not through fasting. It is through the creation of culture and that is the reason why Jesus established or orchestrated churches. The reason for churches, remember the church is not the kingdom. 
the church is part of the kingdom the reason why Jesus institutionalized the church was so that he could create a culture for the kingdom of God to find expression in the earth, not to create a religion or dogmatic approach to serving God. No, 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 no. It is the culture of the kingdom that should be expressed through the church of Jesus Christ. So the mind of Christ the thoughts and thinkings of Christ, the culture of his kingdom should be distributed to us. And you see, culture cannot be developed in an environment void of wealth. So I must be wealthy because except I be wealthy, there is no one plan of God for your life. There is no vision of God for your life that will ever be crystallized. Wealth is the means by which visions and plans are crystallized. I told you in, on Tuesday that prayer, wealth is in the earth what prayer is in the spirit. Wealth achieves on earth what prayer achieves in the spirit. Wealth is not just the fuel of the vehicle. Wealth, brothers and sisters, is the engine. It carries the strength, the power, and the potential of the kingdom of God in our lives. So he says, it is I that gives you power to get wealth that I may establish the covenant which I swore to your fathers. So God's thinking about giving them wealth now is because of an ancient treaty he had made with their fathers. So wealth is covenant oriented. Are you following me? Amen. That means wealth is a generational benefit that comes with making covenant with God. Remember, everyone that is aligned with Satan, everyone that has cut a treaty with Satan, has been given the form of wealth by which to show where their allegiance lies. Are you following me? Are you following me? Are you following me? So the, 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 the fruit of covenant is wealth. So we must trace what God covenanted with their fathers. Now, you see what this will explain? This will explain the power that Moses demonstrated. This will demonstrate the wealth that Moses and the children of Israel demonstrated. Because if you study the reason behind the adventures of Moses, you will notice that Moses' power or Moses' authority was a, pre a pretext of 
a covenant. God met Moses because he already had a covenant with someone. God empowered Joseph because he already had a covenant with someone. Covenants are frameworks through which God will work in generations. So spirits negotiate their activities on earth through covenants. They must offer you something greater than what you uh, can access with your own strength. So the strength of covenants, brothers and sisters, come from the spirit, not from the man. Because it is spirits that require expression here on earth. That is why covenants are generational. They are not uh, 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 dispensational in the sense that they work in one. No, 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 no. They are generational. So if, if a spirit ever makes a covenant with you, that covenant will not only fall on you, that covenant will fall on your child, your children's children, your children's children's children. It is generational. That means bloodlines are the ventricles through which covenants are carried through. So now, write your surname on a piece of paper. Everyone, write your surname. Even you, write your surname on a piece of paper. Write it down, big enough. So that you can see mm. I needed to give you that understanding before we do what we're going to do tonight. We are going to travel by the Spirit back in time. Correct aeons. We're going to change the past. Listen to me. 
We are going to change the past. The past. We are going to change the past. We are going to change the past. Wealth is covenant base, which is generate. So when God approaches you, when God approaches you, He doesn't approach you from you standpoint. He approaches you from a generational standpoint. So when God looks at you, Chris, and he looks at your destiny, he, he, he looks at it from the landscape of your generation. So he says, I'm going to give you wealth, not because of you. I'm going to give you wealth, not because the people that God was going to give wealth, you must understand, they were a stiff-necked people. They were rebellious people. The Bible says from the time they left Egypt up till the time they neared the Jordan, they were rebellious. So, yet God said, I am going to give you wealth, not because they deserved it, but because something had taken place in their generation and God could not breach covenant. That's why if anybody tries to breach a covenant that he had made with the devil, they die. Why? Because you can't breach covenants. So we are trying to live a New Testament life, but from a wrong generational standpoint. We are trying to access the possibilities that are available, available for us in Christ with the wrong generational standpoint. We are still linked to our name. God is the God of generations. The Bible says from generation to generation, thou art God. So sometimes prayers are not answered as they should because you are approaching it from a wrong generational standpoint. The Bible says that God will follow the iniquities up to four generations. He's a generational God. So much so that when Judah slept, with his daughter-in-law, that that sin followed him 10 generations. Because God is a generational God. So, Psalm 105. Let me show you how God operates, brothers and sisters. We are, we are looking for the word that God should speak now, but we do not consider the ancient, the ancient of God's word. God's word is timeless. <coughs> oh. 
You will walk out of here and wealth will look for you. My Lemaire. Psalm 105. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. Verse 8. Are you there? Amen. He remembers his covenant forever. The word which he commanded for a thousand generations. Wait, 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 wait. He remembers his covenant forever. Not for some time, forever. The word which he commanded. He said he remembers it for what? For a thousand generations. So Jesus as a man had to also come through a generational standpoint. He had to come through the generation with which a a covenant has been made with God. These are Matthew. I must read you the Bible tonight. I must read you the Bible tonight. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 is called the book of the generations of Jesus Christ. The son of David. The son of Abraham. The two men with which God made eternal covenants. Unbroken covenants. Covenants that were carried into the eternals. He said, Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So he had to come through an eternal covenant, which was established with a man. He is the God of generations. So Jesus functioned within the framework of covenant. That's why when he was born, he did not go around looking for riches. Riches looked for him. He could command creation and creation would respond why because you are doing it on the precedence of covenants the generations of Jesus Christ so I give you power to get wealth that I may establish the covenant which I made with your fathers so God's word is crystallized by wealth. So we can never, brothers and sisters, oh Lord, separate the fulfillment of God's word with the substance that it must accompany. So when God speaks, the substance that shows forth is wealth. Wealth. Wealth is the substantiation, the validation. The consecration of a covenant. He says he remembers his covenant forever. See the scripture we just read in, in Psalms 105. Is, this, is, is what I was saying in other times before I read it to you. Mm. Mm. 
Have you ever, have you ever felt or perceived a spirit threatened? If you were in the spirit, that's what you would have seen. Because we touch some nodes, we touch some things in the spirit. And the spirit was provoked. Listen, the spirit that has limited, bound, held the angels of prosperity of God in your life, they are The strength of covenants, brothers and sisters. The strength of Poverty over your life is broken. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. To be partakers of the inheritance, of the heritage, of the saints in the light. <laughs> he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. He is not saying redemption through his blood is the forgiveness of sins, as it's translated here. That's not what should have been translated because the implication is that redemption is the forgiveness of sins. No, redemption is one thing. Forgiveness of sin is another thing. To redeem means to purchase back. Are you understanding the term? It is an economical term. It is a financial term. It is to buy back. It is to buy back. So through the deliverance that took place on the cross of Jesus Christ where we were transported and geolocated into a new environment, into a new kingdom. He is saying that that was the process of redemption. So redemption is that which takes place when God begins to restore through repurchasing that which already belongs 
to him in the first place. So there was something, a legal aspect, that God needed to work through in order for him to get us back. He couldn't just buy us back. He needed to purchase us. And the price for our souls was the blood of Jesus. So somebody held us ransom. So not only were we will we held ransom our posterity our inheritance our heritage was held ransom it was not satan that held us ransom it was sin it was disobedience so there is the law of sin and death whose primary assignment was to hold what belonged to God, ransom. And God needed to purchase me back. He needed to purchase you back. And through the purchasing or the repurchasing of you, something also took place. There was a transference of heritage, a transference of inheritance. So he says we have redemption, redemption through his blood. Redemption from what? The God of covenants. Says you were not bought with what? With gold and silver, but with the precious blood of the Lamb. That redemption is what is what extrapolated you from your generation. That redemption is what severed you, what cut you off from your generation. But when I mean generation, I mean your genealogy, your ancestral line. It is that redemption, that purchasing back. So before Jesus, you belong to a generation that was cursed. A genealogy whose covenant was not with God, whose covenant was with sin. But God needed to transmutate you into a region, into a genealogy with whom he has a covenant. God does not have a covenant with blacks. God does not have a covenant with whites. God does not have a covenant with Asians. God does not have a covenant with Europeans. God has a covenant with Jews. And what God needed to do was spiritually to circumcise your heart through redemption by his blood so that you can answer to a family through which God had made a covenant with So he said, you, he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, but who is one inwardly. Why are Jews important? It is because it is with their father that God made an eternal covenant that cannot be changed. So to answer, to answer to a new lineage, to a new generation, to a new genealogy, the Bible says he, he does not call them seed but the seed of Abraham, who is Christ, and those who belong to Christ. Abraham is the reference point. So in retrospect, in reality, Isaac, Jacob, they were not the seed of Abraham. Jesus was the true seed of Abraham. He was the true son of promise because through Jesus, he would be able to bring in one the Jew and the Gentile in one so as to creating one new man. But what made it possible was the redemption 
but stained by our physical bloodlines. So we pray, we pray, but in the spirit there is a breach because you pray in the name of Jesus and the angels want to respond, but there is a stain. No, 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 no. This person is a foreigner. One moment you are a foreigner, one moment you are a citizen. Why? You cannot have dual citizenship in matters relating to God and covenants. So some of you, your lives are answering to the covenants that your ancestors made. So you are in Christ, but there's, there's still a resounding of a covenant that's been made. What must then happen? You must find a way, a legal way in the spirit in order for you to write up that legislation. regulate power. Covenants do. That's why you can pray 50 years 
for a condition and another man comes and he prays for that condition and it ends right there and there. Why? It is the regulation by which he functions. That's why Elijah can say, there shall be no rain until I say so. And there is no rain. And then the very same man can call for rain. That means every other prophet after Elijah had spoken, no matter how much they prayed, the heavens would not be open. Um, I, 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 I tell you, there were people who were praying for rain, but rain did not come. Why? Because there was somebody with a higher legislation. Covenants. I have swore I will not lie to David. Why? Because God made an eternal covenant. He says, I will build up his throne into the heavens. Eternal covenants. Unbreakable covenants. God made it with two men. Imagine, the covenant he made with Abraham was, break, was broken. It was a breakable covenant, yet it was his first man. But the one he made with Abraham was unbreakable. The one he made with David was unbreakable. He even said that when, when his children sin against me, he said, I will, I will just strike them with stripes, with a rod and with stripes. But then afterward, I will remember my servant. <laughs> Covenant. Bloodlines. Covenant. Bloodlines. Covenant. The Bible says about Moses that by faith, by faith, when he became of age, he refused to be called. He refused to answer the name of Pharaoh. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. Choosing rather, he rejected that name. Oh, that is why, brothers and sisters, the spirit realm does not respond to you as it should because you have not yet renounced, you have not yet rejected the family from which you come from. The spirit realm, brothers and sisters, is a very legal dimension. The spirituality that is carried out there is on legal terms. The highest authority in the spirit is the judge of the whole earth and the heavens. All spirits go there for matters to be adjudicated or for matters to be judged. Bible says, and the courts were seated, and the ancient of days was seated. The courts and the books were open. That's God. That's God. And he says they were judged by what was written in their books. That means when things or matters must be judged concerning your life. The books are open. And you might find that in the books in 1963 or in 1943, your great great ancestor covenanted with a demon. Oh my goodness, brothers and sisters. Unless the blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf. It's fine, it's fine. Unless the blood of Jesus speaks on your behalf, there can be no change. 
unless you learn the invocation rules for the blood of Jesus in the spirit, you will live as a Christian, but you will be staggering. You will be a crippled Christian, praying, loving God, but broken, poor, and unable to express and manifest the verities of the kingdom of God. Constitute the manifestation by force and the bestower of the spirit of uncharted wealth, unprecedented prosperity. Listen to me. What we are sharing right now is sending shock waves in the spirit. There are things that are being resuscitated right now. There is a resurgence, brothers and sisters, of old words that God has spoken about you in your generation. Remember, 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 Jesus Christ was spoken of even from the first generation. Genesis. I think we are ready to get into it now. I will break asunder the bronze gate. <laughs> uh, I will scare. Says I will weaken the loins of kings before you. Yes, I will give you the hidden riches of darkness. Says the treasures of darkness that you may know that I am the Lord. So you do not know me by the institution of wealth in your life, you shall know that I am God. Let's access covenant rights. Oh, legletratozon, jalabratika, son, transgaviski. Zinini dei trons ke palitrangele shon som prafitra dai. Chapter 15. The ancient covenant. You see, when you, when, when you think about the, the, the word ancient, you're probably thinking old, right? Right? You're probably thinking something very old. But ancient is a timeless terminology it does not belong to time ancient the bible calls god the ancient of days does it mean the old day? no no ancient is is not referencing to time it is a terminology outside the regions of time The proper communication of the word ancient came in the book of Genesis 
chapter 2 when the Bible says the Lord planted a garden eastward. That is the word that was being used in the Bible for ancient. The word ancient actually means eastward or the east. The east referencing the first or the front part of existence. So the front part of God is always the east. The glory of God always comes from the east. So the word ancient is actually where the term is borrowed from, east. So when you say ancient, don't be thinking old, be thinking eternal. I, I understand it. Do you understand? So, so what God did with Abraham was that he effected an eternal or an ancient, ancient covenant. So, everyone that would receive the blessings of Abraham must find the ancient path. Did you answer? Okay, 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 okay. Let's 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 read something. Let's read something. <laughs> oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus! Please read uh, Isaiah. Oh, let, let's start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number. 18. So when you say, I can't be broke, the Jews, you know the Jews, the Jews believe that? Where are they saying it from? So the, 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 the absence of the manifestation of wealth and prosperity in our lives is and undermining of the covenant of God. So the highest form truly of spirituality that can be demonstrated on earth is wealth and prosperity. You are as spiritual as the wealth you demonstrate. Listen. When God wanted to express himself, you know what he did? You know what he did? He created earth. He created earth. So in nature, spirituality seeks expression through physical substances. So, prosperity and wealth are spiritual, even though they are material. So, the wisdom Solomon possesses must prove that it is from God by the substance that it produces. 
which should be greater than all other nations. Even Jesus. The Bible says about Jesus that we know that the Lord Jesus Christ was rich. Because Jesus said, a greater than Solomon has come. And God said of Solomon, because you have not asked this, but asked for wisdom, I will give you what you have not asked, so that you will become the greatest man in your generation and generations to follow. So the wisdom Solomon possessed was accompanied, God said, with what? Riches. Unquantifiable in nature. So as to what? Prove the wisdom that God gave him. When Jesus came, he said, a greater than Solomon is here. That means the stature of Jesus in the spirit was greater than that of Solomon. That means if there was a man who was wiser than Solomon, it was Jesus. If there was a man who was wealthier than Solomon, it was Jesus. But why did not Jesus express his wealth? It is because the primary reason for his manifestation was not to demonstrate wealth. But he showed that he was wealthy when he commanded the fish to come. When he commanded the money out of the fish. When he multiplied the bread and the fish. What was he doing? He was demonstrating the prosperity of the kingdom. So even the wisdom that God gave to Solomon was covenanted. It was a contractual thing. It was not because of Solomon's prayer. It was because of what his father prayed over him before he died. So every man that will observe the ancient path, let's read, let's read Jeremiah 18 quickly, please. Can I have 30 more minutes? Verse number 12. And they said, that is hopeless. These folks are complaining against God. They said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans. And we will, everyone obey the dictates of his evil heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord. Ask now among the Gentiles who has heard such a thing. The virgin of Israel has done a horrible thing. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon? which comes from the rock of the field, will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? Because my people have forgotten me, they have burnt incense to, incense to worthless idols, and they have caused themselves to stumble in their ways. They have stumbled from the ancient, yeah, they've stumbled from the ancient to walk in pathways and not on a highway now this is god talking this is this is god communicating so these people of mine they've forsaken the ancient paths they've chosen to walk in their own pathways and not on a highway so it is god's plan for his people to walk on a highway i i i, I am i sure let me show you and i'll show you what that highway is 
Okay? Okay, let's read. <laughs> oh, Isaiah, please. Are you there? Let's read Isaiah chapter chapter 49. Verse 8. Verse 8. Are you there? Can we read it? Okay, let me read it. Thus says the Lord, In an acceptable time I have heard you, in the day of salvation I have helped you. I will preserve you and give you as a covenant to the people to restore the earth, to cause them to inherit the desolate heritages. The desolate heritages. That you may say to the prisoners, Go forth to those who are in darkness, show yourself. They shall feed along the roads and their pastures shall be on all desolate heights. They shall neither hunger nor thirst Neither heat nor sun shall strike them. For he who has mercy on them will lead them. Even by the springs of water he will guide them. I will make each of my mountains a road. And my highways shall be elevated. God, God says, and my highways shall be elevated. What are the highways of God? The ancient parts. I will show you in a moment, alright? Let's turn to Isaiah 35. Verse 8. You there? The parched ground shall be a pool in the thirsty land, springs of water in the habitation of jackals where each lay. They shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Pastor, what are you saying? Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. I will show you that those highways are actually the covenants that God made with Abraham. You there? Yeah. Isaiah 58. <gasps> Amen? Amen. You there? Yeah. Okay. Para, para, para. Verse 14, Isaiah 15. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the highways of the earth. Uh. Read that again. And you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the 
and feed you with the hey, wait wait and feed you with the and feed you with the and feed you with the with the notice he says the heritage of Jacob your father what, where does the heritage of Jacob come from Abraham Abraham is the source of all possessions of Jacob and of Isaac and ultimately of Israel. So he says he will feed you the heritage of Jacob. Where will he feed you the heritage of Jacob? On when? As you ride on the highways of the earth. So there is a highway or as, as God calls it, the ancient paths upon which those who are holy, even though they were fools, will not go astray. Once a man is set on that path, brothers and sisters, it is like Jacob whose life was was full of ups and downs, but his end was ruthless. To the point that God said, I, I am the God of Jacob forever. Why? Because God had provided a highway. So the Jews were not operating like other people who were walking in their own ways or walking in just paths in life. God had created a highway for them. And I told you the other day that the only prohibit or the prohibition of you on a highway is speed. There are no robots, there are no bumps, there are no stop signs. It is a clear road. It is a road that links you from one geolocation to another. That means there is no what? There is no infiltration of traffic. That's why he says no lion shall walk there. In other words, no demonic entities shall tread there. It is a freeway. That is the realm of covenants. Where demons can touch you on the basis of your covenant with God. Prayer doesn't regulate this level. That's why they are broke, prayerful Christians. Genesis 15. So when, when, when we talk about the ancient parts, we are talking about parts forged through covenants. What are covenants? Covenants are contracts that spirits make with men. That allow men, listen to me, that allow men to enjoy the ability and possibility and opportunity that the spirits provide and allow the spirit to execute and establish their plans. So if a spirit wants to work in your family or if you want something from the spirit to work in your life, what a spirit would then do is that he will meet you on an altar. And what you will do to initiate the transaction is that you will offer on that spirit, I mean on that altar, a sacrifice. And upon that sacrifice, the spirit will now begin to lay down the conditions or the outcome of the transaction that is to take place. So there is something you get from the spirit, but there is also something of your life 
that you give to that spirit. And that something will continue to work even through your bloodline. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. Follow. That's how confidence are made. Upon your agreement, what happens is that that spirit receives your offering. And that spirit grants you your desires. But a day will come when that spirit requires now to establish his plans through you. And not only through you. Because the spirit knows it gets much more than you actually want from it when you cut a covenant with it. What it gets and what you don't know is that it gets every single thing in your generation. It gets every single person in your generation. That's why when the person dies, I pass them on to your grandchild or your... Why? Because they work for generations. So you don't understand now. You are not there when that covenant was made with the spirit. Now all of a sudden all these things are following you. You are seeing things in the night. You are dreaming strange dreams. Snakes are following you. Why? Because now the covenant legalizes it. And at that time you wonder I am a Christian. That's why there are Christians who have received Christ and have went and do all this nonsense. Why? Because those things won't lead them unless they know how to legislate upon the higher laws in the courts of heaven. Now, if that works for things like that, ancestral transference, it also works in terms of poverty. Why? Because there is always a price when covenants are established. So as long as you as you as you answer to Silimela, as long as you answer to uh, what's your name? Muhab, as long as you answer to that, you also answer to the covenants that have been made. Oh, Jesus. And most brothers and sisters, the spirit of poverty is linked with most covenants that your parents have made because they were not wise enough to regulate and to, to facilitate and to ensure a perpetuality of wealth in that family or in that generation. Because the spirits require constant sacrifice in order for them to continue to funnel whatever wealth you desire. So your great-grandmother might have died without telling your mother why you were experiencing wealth or why you were experiencing provision. Now that the, she is gone, nobody can offer to that spirit anymore. And something happened, there's a breach. So what does that spirit do? It does what it likes to do. It brings why? Because it knows what poverty, you can't progress, you can't advance. And therefore, whatever God, whatever God would want to do in your life would always be a hindrance in you, would not be established. Why? Because now you retain it. So what must I do? I must go and search. How do you search? So I will show you Jesus. Okay, decide. You want to go home late 
or you want to go home free. You cannot have one without the other. Which one is it? All right. So don't don't now be disturbing me in the spirit. All right. Okay. If you wanna leave, you can leave now. So what what now must happen is that you must begin to search, not through knowledge, not through knowledge, not through information, but through your present experience. What happened in the past? So, here's how Sangomas work, right? You come to them, they have their bones, okay? They have their bones, and those ancestors speak through their bones. Now, what they use, what they use to, to do all the incantation is what? Is what the Bible refers to as familiar spirits. Every family has a familiar spirit. Are you listening to me? Every family has a familiar spirit. So what happens is that if 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 let's just say you go to a Sangoma, right? And you go to a Sangoma, the first thing that Sangoma will ask is what he will speak to those ancestral spirits that is the ancestral spirit or the familiar spirit that is controlling them. And they will do their bones. Their bones is an invocation to what? To the Duli demon. The Duli demon, the familiar spirits, know everything about this person's family. Every archive, everything they know, everything that is attached to that family name, they know. So you think that that Sangoma is foretelling or is he prophet? No. It is information fed through a familiar spirit. That's how Satan works. They, the demon he attaches in every generation or in every family that follows. That is the reason why Isaac could lie in the very same place to the very same person to about the very same thing that his father Abraham did. Why? It was a familiar spirit. That is why if, if you are in Christ, right? And if you if you are in, if you staunchly follow Jesus and you go to these persons and you say, they can't. They won't see anything. They can't. They won't see anything. You know why? You know why? Because legally now the connection to that spirit is severe. So as it relates to you, the person will be blind. Because you answer to a different name. So covenants, alright, that are made, co listen, covenants can only be made between spirits and men. So he says, the desire that gives you power to get wealth, that I may establish my covenant. So God's agenda is to establish his covenant, his plan, his purpose. And he says, I'm going to do that by giving you wealth. Let, let me show you what we've been discussing. Let's see it in the Bible. Now, you will ask yourself, why would somebody like God require or request 
what he requested from Abraham. Come. Genesis 15. <laughs> you there? Verse 7. I am the Lord. I am I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Now, now, when you're looking at this, be thinking. It's a spirit talking to a mortal man. Right? So they're exchanging words. And the spirit is promising Abraham that he will give him this land that he is standing on. And this guy is saying, hey, but how shall I know? Because at that time, there were people occupying the land. He was a stranger in that land at that time because he was living in tents. <laughs> so he's asking, how shall I know? And rightly so. Now the spirit institutes covenant. Notice. And so he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer. A heifer is a red cow, all right? A red yes bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a three-year-old turtle dove and a young pigeon now as as kulume don't that don't 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 that sound familiar <laughs> yeah don't that sound familiar that doesn't sound like what we are doing Africans? Doesn't that sound familiar? It does, right? I'm sure you were at one point before you were born again, you were into these things, right? But you, you, what you weren't realizing is that you were contracting with spirits. <laughs> now, you see the the spirit of spirits is requesting these things. The, the spirit of spirits, this is not ancestral, the, the, the God, the almighty spirit, is saying to a man, bring me gold, bring me bread, bring me dove. <laughs> He's requesting now. Yeah. The ancient spirit is requesting dove, is requesting gold, is requesting cow, <laughs> it's not me, it's Bible. <laughs> Do you see that? But notice what he are all God asks. All of that which he asks are clean animals. They are clean animals. Clean. They are ceremoniously clean, and there's a reason why. See our food? Again? Then he brought all these to him. Ow! He brought all these to who? Abraham. He brought all these to God. Where was God at that time? Was Abraham seeing God? 
Okay, let me show you. Let me show you what was happening. Okay, let me show you what was happening. Verse one. Read verse one quickly. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a. <laughs> <laughs> they came in a they came in a so the conversation was happening in the spirit but what Abraham was doing was where in the flesh so when he brought it to him he was bringing it to the very same location where he was seeing God in the spirit so God was there in the spirit remember visions are eternal communications are communication systems that God carries out between he and man so he brought it out to God, not in a vision, in the spirit. So they were talking in a vision. And the instruction was to bring all these life things to him. And he brought it to him. Again? And he brought it to him and cut them in two. Down the middle. And placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. He just killed them. So he cut it in two. He cut the... Imagine, Abraham is doing all these things and God is watching. God, God is watching. He's cutting, he's cutting that cow enough. <laughs> he's, he's cutting that goat enough. He's placing it on either side of, of the road. Ancient parts. Either side of the road. Why? Why is he separating them? Because God will pass through that place. Why does God need to pass through those sacrifices? You'll find out. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And behold, Horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them. And they will afflict them 400 years and also the nation whom they serve I will judge. And afterward they shall come out with great possession. <laughs> now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in good old age, but in the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. On, no, notice, notice, the reason why they will go in the fourth generation is because the time of the judgment of the sin of the Amorites has not yet been complete so jurisdictionally they are permitted to remain there for 400 years until their sin ascends to heaven and the fullness of time for judgment is executed then they will return then they will return so you are seeing a clause in the contract so he says they will be enslaved to a nation and the nation that enslaves them God will judge and bring them out with great possessions and that also they will return here after the fourth generation because the sins of the Amorites would not have yet been complete so we are seeing two things there we are seeing that the nation that will 
capture Israel will be judged by God and Israel will have great wealth and also the sin of the Amorites shall be judged by what the possession of that land by Israel I get yeah verse 17 and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces and on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham he passed through and the covenant was done that means the transaction was complete so from the time God spoke to Abraham to the time that God began to deliver Israel was 400 years again Exodus let's read Exodus and I'll say a few things and we will pray and then we'll continue tomorrow Are you there? Verse chapter one, chapter two, verse twenty-three. So if you're gonna end your family's misery, something must be done. Are you there? Now it happened. In the process of time that the king of Egypt died, then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning. Notice, notice what provoked God's action. And God remembered his covenant with Isaac I mean with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob and God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them and God he looked and God acknowledged why because he had remembered his covenant he had remembered he noticed the reason Notice the reason why Israel was delivered was because of the covenant. What did the covenant say? For 400 years there will be the slave. But I will bring them out and I will judge the nation by which they shall be saved. So by reason of the covenant, God is forced now to raise a man on the platform of the covenant. That the man might deliver the people. So he raises up a prophet. So prophets exist to enforce God's covenants. So he raises Moses. And Moses is a prophet. 
And he tells them, I have heard the cry of my people and I have come down to deliver them. Now, I will send you to Pharaoh. Something is beginning to happen now. Something is beginning to happen now. The heavens are now mobilized to ensure Israel's deliverance. Why? Because a spirit in an ancient time made a covenant with a man concerning his posterity. And now the time had come for deliverance to happen. The time had come for the transference of wealth to take place. The time had come for possession to take place and he sends them a prophet by a prophet so the strength of Moses office is not that he's a prophet but he's a prophet on the basis of a covenant remembered by God So when Moses goes and confronts Pharaoh, it is because God remembered his covenant. So he's doing that on the strength of a covenant. When he speaks, he's doing, and if you read Deuteronomy, you, you, you will notice something strange. It is almost like Moses in certain place impersonates God. Sometimes Moses says, I'm giving you commandments. And you find it is not God who is saying that it, it is Moses. So it, it is a strange thing. Why? Because when a man steps on the platform of a covenant, whatever he confronts, he confronts as God. He confronts with the authority and the backup of heaven. So wealth must go to Israel. Egypt has no choice because a covenant has been transacted. And not only that, time for judgment has come. So God is delivering them on two reasons. Number one, because he has made a covenant with Abraham. Number two, because, because the time to judge sin has been ripe. So God is going to give Israel the land. He's going to give Israel the promised land. Not because Israel is righteous. Not because Israel is holy. Not because Israel loves God. But because the time to judge sin has come. Let me show it to you quickly. Deuteronomy, 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 Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. After this conference, brothers and sisters, I pray that God's Spirit open your eyes that you may inherit the wealth of the kingdom. My God, the covenant wealth of the kingdom. Mm. See this Deuteronomy. <laughs> chapter 9, chapter 9, Deuteronomy, chapter 9, verse 4. So prophets are raised to establish covenants. Apostles are raised to establish covenants. Pastors are raised to establish covenants. Pastors, all these fivefold ministries are given grace. The grace they possess is called generational grace. Because it's not the grace that started with them. It's an ancient grace. It is a grace that worked for Abraham. A grace that worked for Isaac. A grace that worked for Jacob. A grace 
grace that worked for Joseph, a grace that worked, brothers and sisters, for Moses, a grace that worked for Joshua, a grace that worked for Gideon, a grace that worked for Samson, a grace that worked for David, a grace that worked for Solomon, and ultimately, a grace that worked for Jesus. And that same Jesus, he himself, takes up to the prophets, apostles, and evangelists. It is a generational grace on the basis of the establishment of an eternal covenant on the bloodline of Jesus Christ. So Satan, the strong man, must let go of his possessions, which are mine. He must, he must release them. Not because I am as holy as he demands, but because there is a voice that spoke in my bloodline, the bloodline that I answer to, the bloodline of Jesus. He said, I have come unto the blood of Jesus, which speaks, thing, which speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And he said, in that dimension, the innumerable company of angels waiting to enforce, waiting to establish that which that blood speaks on my behalf. So when I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I say it not on the basis of my own righteousness or holiness, but because of the blood of Jesus that made me righteous, that made me holy, that made me alive with the ordination of God. So it is time, brothers and sisters, to plunder the world. It is time for the wealth of the Gentiles to go to the children of God. It is time for the transference. You know why? Because Babylon is being judged. Nine four. Do not think in your heart after the Lord has cast out before you the nations which you shall consume. Say, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. No, he says, don't think that. He says, but it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess the land. But because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drive them out before you and that he may fulfill the, oh God, the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, because you are still a stiff-necked people. So they are going into Canaan with, with no swords, brothers and sisters, as a rebellious nation, and they are conquering 60 nations Moses conquered. With no army, he conquered 60 nations, 60 cities. Why? Because they were holy, they were rebellious people. It is because God was judging the sins of those nations. When we talk about wealth, covenant rights, we are talking about this. To access the treasures of heaven. The angels will ask you, by what right do you enter? 
Oh, you will say no because I'm a missy. No, 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 no. No, the key is not your surname. The key is not your name. You must enter by right of the covenant, the ancient covenant which God established with our forefather. The Bible calls Abraham the father of all those who believe in Jesus Christ. That you may be blessed with faithful Abraham. I said to you, write down those names because we're going to pray now. We're going to pray now upon the legislation of the covenant that God had made and upon our rights and access as the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus, we will speak to the bloodline that has spoken over our lives against our destiny, the crooked paths that have been misaligned. Tonight, brothers and sisters, is a serious night. I came with the forces of heaven. I came with the spirit of the Lord in power and judgment. Something is about to break. The spell breaker is in this room. The yoke destroyer is in this room. The burden remover is in this room. The oppressing destroyer is in this room. Something is about to break my God father in the name of Jesus oh this anointing is for this very purpose my Lord it is so that we may go and speak against covenants in our bloodline that would been erected and contracted with demonic entities and forces that has continued up to this day in our genealogy to plunder us to men manipulate us, to deceive us, to bind us, and to hinder us. But you have raised a prophet for these people. My God is a prophet of the Almighty God. I now stand in the courts of heaven with the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, and with the anointing that is, O oh God, established upon the rights of divine covenant. Oh, hear your people today. Oh, here are you people today. Oh, stand up, 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 stand up. Listen, what your parents could not do for you, the servant of God by the Spirit will do. Ah, no, 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 Sunday. The Spirit of God is in this place. Lego Shanda Makalio Sonda Christ. What you gonna do, alright? You will call out your family name, no matter what it is, alright? You will call it out. You may not call it out loudly, but call it out audibly, alright? 
and we're going to address those lineages we're going to address those spirits we're going to address those covenants and we're going to break and destroy some things and we're going to align some things in your bloodline brothers and sisters listen to me listen to me listen to me after tonight after this conference is ended you will you will wonder Listen to me. I've never been so serious in my life. After this, after we are done in this conference, even after tonight, certain things in your own life today will be affected. There is an alignment that is taking place from generations down the line that will, oh, the fabric will be torn, the veil will be torn. There are angels in this place. Hallelujah. There are angels. These are, these, are, these are angels of war. These are angels of war. They are in this place. They are waiting for the word and the voice of the Lord to sound. Hold hands, please. Hold hands. Hold hands. So that nothing is lost. My Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, begin calling out your family name. Just call it out several times. Call it out several times. Don't speak in tongues. Just call out your family name. Just call out your family name. Just call out your family name. Just call it out. 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 Just call it out, just call it out, just call it out. Contracts are coming up before the court of heaven. Sacrifices are coming up before the court of heaven. The books are open with regards to that name. Come, 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 call it out, call it out, call it out. Call it out, call it out. Be intentional. Listen to me. Be intentional. This is a serious moment. Be intentional. We are dealing with generational things here. We are not here to play. We are not playing with you. This is a matter of life. This is a matter of destiny. are open before the court of heaven and I speak as one commissioned by heaven to adjudicate 
these your people every covenant every iniquity every sin that has set in motion the atrocities that has set in motion the backlash of hell against you every covenant erected by your ancestors even down to the fourth and fifth generations we invoke the blood of Jesus we ask forgiveness for the sins and iniquities of our forefathers and mothers we claim forgiveness of the sins that have permitted these demonic forces of God to rage against our lives, to rage against our destinies, and to pollute and corrupt our paths. We wash by the blood of Jesus the stains of the iniquities of our ancestors that has caused a confusion in our walk in the spirit. And we lay judgment now on those demon forces, the spirit of poverty, the spirit of the world, and sister spirits that have stand against us as walls to hinder us. And now we address the demons that have guarded the treasures of the Lord for our lives and we speak even to those demons that have held captive the possessions, the gifts, and our inheritance that belong to our ancestors but were kept because of diabolical covenants. Father, I speak as a prophet of the Almighty God. I speak as an apostle of the Almighty God that all those covenants, Father, upon the introduction of the covenant of the sons of, the, of Jesus Christ, of the sons of the kingdom, be broken right now. Father, we invoke the blood of Jesus to speak into our bloodlines. Go now, even to the first and the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth generation and wipe the slate clean. Oh my God, these words. Oh, warring spirits, begin now to confront the princes, the strong men. Now, now, in the name of Jesus, on account of the commandment and commissioning of the Lord of hosts, go now, go now and turn again the desolate heritages. Turn again the captivity of God's people, that which have captured their inheritance, that which have captured their heritage. In the name of Jesus, let it be loose. And right now, I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let it go from this one to that one. And as it goes through everyone, Father, I ask that it corrects things in their generation. 
that he corrects things in their bloodlines. Let the rhema of God appear like a sword as the anointing of God flows through this entire building. Let it move and speak, oh God, and cancel every hex, every spell, every curse. Yes, oh God, in the name of Jesus, every false foundation, every false pillar. Oh, I speak against generational barrenness, against generational poverty, against generational sufferings, against generational sicknesses, against generational sins, against generational plagues. Right now, let the destroying anointing of the Spirit of God permeate even into your souls, even into your spirits, even into your bodies, and altercate DNA change. Oh, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Oh, yes, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Go, Santa, Santa. Receive the anointing. Receive the anointing. Breathe it in. Receive it. It is speaking. It is annulling. It is correcting. The crooked paths are made straight. Oh, listen to the voice of the prophet. Shake, shake, shake. Quick, quick, quick. Shake, shake, shake. Quick, quick, quick. I said, I said, receive it. Receive it. You hindering demons, leave them right now. Kaya lava yo senda, kaya lava la yo sete, eno loko barabaha, and we sever the ties that is linked them to their family bloodline. We sever the ties that is linked them to their family bloodlines. We sever the ties that is linked them to their family bloodlines. Now, answer the bloodline of Christ. Oh my goodness. Oh. I said receive it I said receive it it's in the spirit don't be carnal it's not time for carnality be the spirit and receive I said be the spirit and receive Shandala Barabakata Shandale Barabakati Stop thinking about time and receive. Lama Koti Lama Geti Lama Koti Lama Lebele Nambosa You have no right to be in their bodies, to be in their mind anymore. You have no right. Speak in tongues loud. Speak in tongues. 
sitting on the chair someone came someone from the church came with their shoes and they came excitedly and I wondered what are you coming for and I noticed something their shoes were very dirty and muddy and they gave me the shoes and says I've come that you may wash my shoes and they said it joyfully I smiled and then I took the shoes and I put them in a bucket full of water and I began to wash them and I began to wash them and the more I washed the shoes the more radiant this person became the brighter this person became and once the shoes were fully clean and I presented it to them, the glory of God was on them. When I came out of the vision, the Lord said to me, Is it not that I am cleansing the parts upon which they have walked and correcting their steps? For yes, I am establishing them in the way they should go that they may walk upon my highways i am cleansing their feet 
for I am bringing them before my presence. Yeah, just like I said to Moses, for the place where they are entering is holy ground. For yeah, nothing unclean shall step into that dimension. But I have cleansed you, says the Lord. And I've purified your ways, says the Spirit. And the paths upon which you have walked, I have corrected. And I have made the crooked paths straight once again. Walk with confidence, says the Lord. Walk with cleansed shoes. For yes, verily it is so. Your path has been cleansed. That's how I knew that what was going to happen tonight was going to set a tone for the rest of your life. Not only for you, but even for those in your generation. And I knew that the Lord would want to address these matters that we have dealt with by the anointing of the Spirit. Forget it, you are severed, you are cut off. The every link that would, brothers and sisters, make it possible for you to fail in this life has been severed from you. There has been a cut off in the Spirit, a correction even in DNA level. Bloodlines us. Tomorrow is impartation night. We will receive generational grace. After this conference, the testimony of God in your life, the testimony of God in your life will be established. Trust, mark my words. Mark my words. I'm a prophet of Almighty God. Mark my words, for these are not the words of a man, but from the Spirit of the living God. The testimony of God in your life will be made sure. No longer shall demons mock you and mock your God and undermine the integrity of God in your life. Fulfillment, glory, and exaltation. By what way? By the Spirit of the living God and by the ancient parts. My God, we love you. We bless you. Only you can do what you have done tonight. Only you can change the cause of man's life. Only you can correct our aeons. Only you can make the crooked path straight. Only you can do what you have done tonight in this place. Only you, by your mighty hand, can do what you have done. You have spoken to our past. You have corrected things of God in our life. And you've aligned us with the true covenant of God. For we are the seed of Abraham. And the bloodline of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus Christ speaks for us. Thank you for forgiving our sins. Not only our sins, but the sins of our ancestors. Even to the fourth generation. And you are showing mercy unto us. From now till forevermore. For your mercies in our life shall know no end. We thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Let my son tape die. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, merciful Father, thank you. Thank you, merciful God. 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 Oh, le saita grande. Thank you. Thank you, merciful God. 
Thank you, merciful God. The treasures that were stolen from your ancestors in your generations are restored in your lifetime. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be foolish now. Thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be sincere. Be sincere, brethren. Thank you, Lord. Because only the Lord could do what was done tonight. Only the Lord could rectify what nobody could rectify. Only the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, before service, let's take again 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Let's pray in the Spirit. Alright? Just pray in the Spirit. tomorrow we will do impartation listen to me all right listen to me if you come here tomorrow if you come here tomorrow be prepared to leave late be prepared to get home late all right I don't want anybody if you if 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 you have any reservations about that you stay at home because tomorrow I don't want any any distractions in the spirit because tomorrow this conference was dealing with generational issues with generational issues I have never felt the prophetic anointing in my life with the authority that I am feeling it in this service tonight. God is a serious God. God does not play games with men. So we must not also play games with God. Tomorrow we seal this conference with impartation of generational grace. As you, as you pray tomorrow and tonight, all right? Keep declaring these words, generational graces is coming upon my life and my blood. The generational grace is coming upon. I, are you listening to me? Yes. As you pray in the spirit, keep declaring those words over and over again. When you go to sleep, when you wake up, every moment you get generational grace is coming on me. Generational grace is coming on me. I, I, are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? This is the end of suffering because of generational consequences. Is the end. Tonight was the end. Tonight was the end. Tonight was the end. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some people are going to die in your bloodline. Those by whom covenant has been strengthened with, they will die. Some of them are the last remaining ones. What we have done tonight, brothers and sisters, has sequestrated several things in the spirit that will have magnificent implications. Mighty implications. Oh, look to Lobrang. I'm a prophet of God. And it's not us that are killing them. No, no, no. It is because of the end of contracts. The books were open and the slates were wiped clean. We've gone places tonight in the spirit. Some of you, even when you go to sleep tonight, you will see strange things taking place in the spirit. The angels, the angels are stirring the heavens. What we are into is not gimmetry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Generational grace is coming upon you. <coughs> Hallelujah. Lift up your hand, Father. Let me tell you, many spells were broken in this place. Many hexes, many they, they were broken in this place. Many yokes, strongholds. Entities were rebuked in this place. You see, we even went into the astral realms. The Spirit of God even aligned things in the astral realms where some of these things have been established. The dogs, the demons that have stood guard against the treasures or the inheritance that belonged to you, they were scattered. Oh, there was a reassignment of heritages. Listen. There are times where I speak on the authority as a prophet, but there are times where the Spirit of God is talking to me. This is one of those times. In 2016, 2016, 2017, there was a woman who came to this church. I picked her up by the Spirit. The Spirit of God said to her, there were monies, monies that were held. Those monies 
from military whatnot has been millions that were held and by the spirit that I picked them up, I told them that the spirit of God is telling me to tell you in a matter of months, those things that were held for years, after that she went out, those monies were released in their millions. There's, there's, there's some few uh, people, witnesses who know, who know the woman, who had the money, but because she forgot God, she died. When she died, she died like a dog in this ministry. I am not speaking at that level. I am speaking by the spirit of the living God. Trust me when I tell you, change has come. Change has come. Whatever has been held by the strong man, the spoils of war, the losses you shall eat from. You know what war? The war, the angels
may they be destroyed and begin to host the very same people. Then I speak as a prophet of God. Cast be the mouth that cursed him. Cast be the mouth that cursed her. Cast be the mouth that cursed them. I shake foundations in the Holy Spirit of the living Lord. May the angels of God accomplish the mandate, the mission of the Spirit for this time. And I pray for all your children that they may not suffer what you have suffered and what your mother and your fathers and your grandmother and your grandmother have suffered. I bless your wounds in the name of Jesus. I bless your sins in the name of Jesus. Right now, for the